Rocky Horror Minute is rated R. The Rocky Horror Picture Show is also rated R. We're going to spend this time discussing the movie in gory detail. And along the road, we will talk about some adult content and use some of our favorite swear words. Merry Christmas, assholes. Consider yourselves warned. Welcome to Rocky Horror Minute, the podcast where we normally break down the Rocky Horror Picture Show in excruciating detail one minute at a time. I'm one of your hosts, Kelly. And I'm your other host, Leandra. And tonight, as a special treat, we are not going to break down the Rocky Horror Picture Show, but instead... (laughs) Wait. Instead, we're going to break down something that's not in the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Double yay! (laughs) Well... We we can discuss later if we if we think this is an improvement. Leandra, what are we going to be discussing today? We're discussing a super special song called Once in a While. And what is Once in a While's connection to the Rocky Horror Picture Show? So this was a deleted scene from the Rocky Horror Picture Show. It was a song in the Rocky Horror Show that Brad Majors sings. And I have a little bit of background about it. The cutscene itself was first released in 1995 as part of the 20th anniversary Laserdisc special features. And prior to that, you could only hear Barry Bostwick's version of Once in a While as part of the new and improved soundtrack released in 1990 for the 15th anniversary. Yeah, something that occurred to me, because... what superheroes as we all probably know uh but if you don't know that's a song that's at the end of the rocky horror picture show movie that is not present on all versions it's only present on the uk version of the film and i do you know when that was that was it just always on the uk version leandra yes imagine if for some reason a version of the film with once in a while included becomes in vogue and we have to start shadow casting that too. I have seen that done. Oh yeah. And it was at a Rocky Horror convention and what they do at conventions is they often have multiple people playing the roles. So they broke it down and had like five or six brads and Every single Brad was on stage for once in a while, and it was very funny. Actually, it makes sense because um, we'll get to the synopsis in a minute, but this song opens with a montage, so it could be really fun to have different people playing all the different moments in the montage, you know? Yeah. It's very, we're sorry for the clip show, (laughs) have no fears, we got stories for years. Oh, you know, some of the Simpsons clip shows are almost as good as real episodes. Yes. Um, Arguably better than some of the real episodes. For sure. This song exists right after Janet looks on the monitor on the Sonic Transducer board and sees that Brad is sitting on the edge of a bed smoking a cigarette while Frankenfurter sleeps in the bed beside him. And it is very heavily apparent to Janet that they have just had sex and she is crying. 
So this scene takes part right at that point. We zoom kind of into the blue transducer monitor image of Brad just smoking the cigarette. And then we get into a montage over the first verse or so of all of the events of the movie from the beginning until this point of Brad and Janet's experience starting with them about to become engaged and then they're in the car and then you see them right as uh, as they're about to meet Frankenfurter you see them getting undressed and you even see them in the lab just kind of watching things happen and all of this is happening while you hear a very kind of soul Barry Bostwick singing as Brad Majors. I was going to say it sounds like he drew upon his grease days for this one. <laughs> yeah, I-, I could see that too. There's just a lot of mmms and ahs in it too that I found incredibly distracting, but we'll get into that. Yeah, there, like there are some moments where he's like, no, you. I'm like, that sounds like Danny Zuko right there. <laughs> so once we get through the montage, we see Brad Majors really just sitting on the edge of a bed, smoking a cigarette and singing, staring off into space. And that happens for a lot of this. And then at the end, he takes off of Uh, takes off his glasses to continue that. But the lyrics, and I won't sing them, but I will include any mmms and uhs as they come up, are once in a while, she don't want to call you, speaking on the telephone, and once in your life, she won't want to know you. You look around, the one you found, she is gone. And that's all the time. Mmm, that it takes for a heart to turn to stone. The sweeter the wine, the harder to make the break. You hear something, uh, about someone you thought you'd known. So baby, don't cry like there's no tomorrow. After the night, there's a brand new day, and there'll be no pain and no more sorrow. So wash your face, uh, And phone my place, it'll be okay. And that's all the time, mmm, that it takes for a heart to beat again. So give me a sign that a lover makes. You look around, the one you found is back again. And he removes his glasses for one more, hmm, and the song's over. You loved that, right? Yeah, um, (laughs) so I guess we should rate this song out of five, five Holly Jollies. Yes. (laughs) Uh, yeah, sure. Let's go with that. What, what are you, what are your thoughts on the song and what's your rating? I, I want to love this song. I do. I just don't. (laughs) Yeah. Is this my least favorite? No. No. 
Is it up there? Yeah. Yeah. No tears were shed by me about this being cut. I went, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely nothing happened. So my conspiracy theory is that I don't believe this song was written for the show. I don't think so. It does not really fit in this moment. It doesn't reference anything that actually happened. <laughs> I think it's just a song Richard O'Brien had for something and decided that he could stick it in there. Yeah. Imagine just going back to kind of the Simpsons. Um, Homer sings this and then Carl goes, that uh, <laughs> never happened, did it, Homer? <laughs> yeah. For no reason, here's a poo. <laughs> we're being super normal but that's our christmas gift to you yeah now but um, what what how many holly jollies out well, of five well you were going first what's your oh, holly, i was going first what, what's your rating on the holly meter the holly jolly meter um it's getting a lump of coal for me okay. Okay. um i would say maybe a one out of five wow yeah i i actively dislike this song I was gonna give it a I was gonna give it like a two or two and a half. The thing is like it's not an awful song. It's just like boring and there's nothing to it. In the context of the movie, I think definitely a one. This is the most it, it's like if I had to cut one thing from the movie, that's definitely what I would cut. It I would is I, literally I would a lapsing. clip show. Wait, what? I would cut a large amount of lab scene oh i thought you said the prolapsing and i was like <laughs> i think i think they did cut that can i see the version of the movie that you've been watching <laughs> no not a christmas carol <laughs> oh my god listeners as a christmas treat i'll tell you a, a personal tale um this is just vaguely related but my brother used to constantly get caught jerking off and watching porn by all of us and i got a new laptop when i was 16 and literally i had had it for a matter of hours when my brother had snuck into my room and used it to download a bunch of porn when that was not a thing that you would ever need to do and jerk off in my bed and so yeah you know i thought all this shit was normal until i got to college and started talking to my male friends about it i thought this was just like just teenage boy things but no something was weird with my brother anyway we don't need to talk about all that but (laughs) the point is i was very upset and i considered myself best friends with my brother at this time so i was very upset and violated but also the names of the the porn that he downloaded all sounded really gay like there were they all had names like anal feast and reality kings which i later learned is a straight porn site um but you can understand how i thought that was a gay sounding name it has multiple dudes in the name uh and no mention of women you know what i mean so it's royalty yeah 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 it's the royal we i don't know but the royal wee wee anyway um so six (laughs) never anyway so I, and like, again, anal feast, obviously straight porn loves anal too, but just taken together, all of these happened to sound really gay. So I was like devastated and violated and grossed out. But I was also like, Chip feels like he can't share this with me, (laughs) that he's gay, you know? That is, Um, 
That is He's very, not. very sad. I can now say with almost certainty that uh, that my brother likes chicks because otherwise he has watched a lot of straight porn for no reason. Would not surprise me having <laughs> an understanding of your brother. Yeah. They go, so, wait. <laughs> anyway, um, that was a big tangent. Uh, but yeah, the song sucks and the, the scene really sucks. And I give it a flop for, <laughs> for our friends from Flapping and Fawning. That is nice. Yeah, flop minus. But either way, I um I enjoyed it watching it for this show, mostly because I love Barry Bostwick so much and he is a truly wonderful singer and he's being very cute in this. So, I did have fun watching it, but listening to the song never Sitting through it when I'm already having to sit through a whole movie, absolutely not. Yeah, I think that Barry Boswick is the only person who could make this a listenable song. Yeah. Because I've watched the Rocky Horror Show, and I've watched productions where they either keep this or cut this. And I think that for the most part, this is a, this is a good one to cut. See, if I were putting on the Rocky Horror Show, I don't think I would cut this because I would never want to put on the Rocky Horror Show and try and have it be the movie, you know? Yes, and that's extremely valid. Um, I don't think that the reason that I would cut it is because I would want to mirror the movie. Oh, I know that isn't why you would do it, but that's what pe why people would think you were doing it. That's fair. Yeah. What I would do is probably just not put on the Rocky Horror Show because I don't stage plays or musicals. But yes, yeah, you do. <laughs> uh, not not for uh, not for general audiences. Anyway, Fistmas Carol the musical, a, <laughs> a tuna Fistmas Carol. <laughs> You'll wait until you see what we do with the nativity animals. <laughs> this show is banned in the states. Anyway, um. It's a show with a donkey, not a donkey show. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, speaking of things that lead to taboo sex, it took me a while to even... I was genuinely being like, did they somehow make a mannequin look like Frankenfurter in this scene? No. And I mean, I know. Then I was like, why would they do that? But he's being uncomfortably still. And also, like, just laying there like a corpse. But that was, sorry, that was what I meant by the taboo sex. But, like, he is, he's not lying there in any kind of position that um, looks like anything. He just, like, has his arms at his sides and he's just limp. I think that he's trying to not steal focus. I mean, I know, but it's just weird, especially since, like... Barry's singing and it goes on for a while. It it doesn't seem very natural for Frankenfurter, which is okay, why I want you to put yourself in the position of Frankenfurter for this. Okay. You've just had sex twice in the past twenty minutes, mm -hmm. and now you're trying say... to get some sleep, and 
and instead the man that you've just had sex with is starting to sing, I would like to think that he's just like, I'm going to pretend to be asleep through this. I'm not, con- <laughs> I'm not contributing. I do love that. <laughs> yeah, no, that's fair. I truly hate when someone starts singing. Unless they have a reason, like they're at karaoke or something. But oh, you don't like when I just start singing at you. Yeah. Um. <laughs> so <laughs> only when it's the B fifty twos, am I right? Can you fart so hard <laughs> your balls explode? We're being so normal right now. Anyway, so I I just. That was not, there isn't much to say. They have the montage. They, I did like that we got a little bit of a better look at the bedrooms or the beds, I guess. You can really see the little weird beading on Janet's canopy, for example. Yeah. And you also get to see one really random, like, close-up of sad Janet. And... You get a couple of them, and I thought this was weird. You're talking about when she's in the bed, right? Yeah. I thought this was weird because, like, in the movie, remember, this is happening after she's pulled the lever in the lab, uh, right before she unveils Rocky in the tank. So she's in the lab at this point, which means, for some reason, the movie is choosing to show us a flashback to just Janet being sad in bed ten minutes ago, I guess. it's. I think it's weird. It is, and it makes me wonder who these flashbacks are for. Like, it's not telling the story from Brad's point of view. No, so what definitely happened is they did not have anything to show except for Barry Bostwick's beautiful, but pretty, you know normal face sitting in a bed not doing much of anything so they were desperate for anything and I'm guessing they had already filmed those shots of Janet in the bed and they're like yes place that's also I why they showed truly random stuff from the movie I felt like can you explain to me what we're supposed to get from this song So again, I do not think this was written for the Rocky Horror Show, and I think that it was a stretch to try and cram it into this moment. I am guessing that what they were trying to... Because, like, so if you summarize the lyrics, it's basically like, oh, your girlfriend's neglecting you and just isn't interested in you anymore. Which it's like, if that's how you've been feeling about Janet, it was weird of you to propose to her earlier this day, and you both seemed pretty happy about it. But setting all that aside, like, so I guess he's like, this is supposed to be his way of explaining why he fucked Frankenfurter, as though we need an explanation. Yeah, I... You know, it occurred to me as I was watching this, too, that Janet is the only two people Janet has ever had any kind of intimacy with have just fucked and she's discovered it before her eyes, which would be a crazy experience. Yeah. Although they've they've never 
even gotten to like second base. She's only ever kissed before, we find out. That's true. Um but I I I said intimacy because I feel like yeah, I mean, you know, there's still a close couple that seems to I just meant like, you know. That's fair. But yeah, um that would be a crazy thing to discover on the same day you got engaged. Yeah, okay, I can see that. The same day you got engaged and cheated on your husband with a transvestite, or fiancé with a transvestite, you later see that he has cheated on you with the same transvestite. And I know that in one of the most recent minutes, I kind of brought this up, but just the fact that she goes from, I can't believe I did this, to... I can't believe Brad did this. I did nothing wrong. Brad is the one who did everything wrong. And then kind of the the opposite of that happens with Brad. He sees Janet railing, well, I guess not railing, um, having just been railed by Rocky and goes, I can't believe you would do this to me. <laughs> Like, he hasn't just been intimate with with Frankenfurter. That's true. He also is kind of blaming... Like, so if we... If we... Accept my understanding of what he's trying to communicate with the song here, he's kind of blaming his infidelity on Janet not being, I guess, uh, attentive enough. Well, she is sensual as a pencil. <laughs> that means she's not very sensual uh if you guys are wondering why we say that so much on this podcast you should watch the drunky horror picture show it is one of my favorite things to subject people to yes but yeah that i mean that's pretty much all i had to say about once in a while i don't like it and for once i completely agree with their decision to in editing the movie because i i think cutting this was absolutely valid do you have a favorite line from it i really don't like the lyrics of this song there is only one line in this that for whatever reason really kind of struck a chord with me no pun intended maybe a little pun intended Um, and it's after the night there's a brand new day Yes, I actually like the chorus okay. I think the chorus could fit in well in a better song. Yeah. Like, I, I think it sounds nice and the lyrics are fine. They don't make any sense in this movie, but it, you know. I I think that specifically that line could very easily fit within the, with, within the movie if you're thinking about Brad's verse in over at the frankenstein place um there's a lot of discussion within his uh, within what he sings about kind of there's got to be something better and also the after the night there's a brand new day uh, it's very hopeful yeah i agree it 
it, it is um, consistent, uh, a little consistent detail about Brad's character that was completely excised from this movie. Yeah, he's not hopeful in the movie. He's just hopeful in the in the extended cut. Yeah. So, in general, I wanted to express for the millionth time on this podcast my adoration for Barry Bostwick. I love Barry Bostwick so much, not just because he's a really nice guy, but he actually is an incredibly talented singer and actor. Dancer, even. And dancer. Yeah. Triple threat. You can really tell from this song that he's extremely good at emoting while singing, which is a very difficult thing for a lot of people. Yes, absolutely. He was born for musical theater, and I genuinely love him. I associate him with Christmas because he came on our podcast as Santa a couple of years ago. I... I have already told all of my stories about meeting him on this show, so I won't go into that again, but this is just a fun thing for us to recap at Christmas. And I also have a little treat from the DVD or Blu-ray commentary, the one that I've been talking about and sending Mm -hmm. clips of with uh, Richard O'Brien and Patricia Quinn talking about their impressions of Barry Bostwick, which I thought this was really interesting. So let me just play that for you now. Dear Barry, I met him at a convention in America and he said to me, he said, Pat, you really thought I was Brad, didn't you? And I said, yes. Well, I did. Did you? He was at the time. He's actually great fun now. He plays the mayor in something, do you know? He's gray haired and he's marvelous. Spin City. It was brilliant. But he was so serious, and, and he was so in love with Susan at the time. They were having bad time, and uh, I think. Mike Barry's got, got a, a good sense of humour. He's, he's, he's the I one never... person that, 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 out of all of the, 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 the um, kind of major players that, that weren't really connected with us in, a, in an organic sense. That's right. That uh, that still maintains a sense of humour about the piece. He turns up and oh, no, he laughs about being Brad. Oh, you know, I mean, Brad most... gets called arsehole no, on know, a regular no, no, basis Brad. and he puts up no, with it. And... Brad was... Barry is wonderful when he's he's supported the show fantastically and every, every convention I've met him at, I've adored him. But when he was actually doing this, maybe he was a method actor and became Brad. You know... I didn't. I, I just thought it was um, wonderful. I thought they were both such great players to to come in and join an already kind of a, a happy unit that we were. That must be very intimidating. Aww, it's nice to hear that they're saying nice things about somebody who was nice. Yeah, and I I think it's so. So why do you think he gave Patricia Quinn that impression? I have my own theory. But what do you, what is your theory about why she how she formed that impression of him? I think that maybe he was just being very professional and maybe not staying in character, but he is kind of a bit of a nerd. 
or at least he might have been giving that vibe off back when they were filming. I don't know. What are your thoughts? I th- I agree. I think he was probably being like normal and professional. And to be honest, I would not be surprised if Patricia Quinn was not paying a ton of attention to him and what, you know, wasn't spending a lot of time like talking to him or whatever. So her interactions with him were probably somewhat limited. That's my guess. I I think that that's probably a fair thing to to assume. Yeah, it doesn't seem like Richard O'Brien had that impression of him at all anyway. Uh, but it's great to hear how, and you know, that commentary at this point was a while ago. It's great to hear that even back then he was so involved in the community and he, he has always loved this movie, it seems like. Yeah, he really has just incredibly sweetly embraced that he is part of this cult classic. Yeah. I don't remember if I said this when I was talking about our most recent Halloween encounter with him, but when I had a when I had a pr- little bit of a private conversation with him, uh he he expressed to me very sweetly how m- much of an impact this has had on his life and like um how do I put he he basically was saying how special it is to him that this means so much to a lot of people and he basically feels like like he made like a lasting impact with his life by being in this movie oh and that's true yeah absolutely for a lot of us so yeah i i am always happy to have more barry even in the form of this song even in uh fuck what's that movie he's in that we need to watch i think it's project metal beast i think it's project metal beast yeah yes it is so listeners project metal beast is a film from 1995 that barry boswick was in and the first halloween show we did where barry boswick was our special guest he uh, he and I were kind of talking backstage and I had mentioned that I loved him in Helen Keller versus Nightwolves <laughs> because I'd seen the the premiere for that and he was like, "Oh, thanks, I guess." Yeah. Um he's like been trying to buy up all the copies. <laughs> yeah, and then I was like, "Well, I I think that you do a really great job in all of your movies, though. And he was like, well, do you want to see kind of the low point of my career? Look up Project Metal Beast. <laughs> definitely, my, definitely my worst work. <laughs> was he good in it? He was there. Okay. Sometimes that's all you need. I mean, listen, was it worse than the Glee episode, which he was also in? It's hard to say. They were they were going for two very different things. There. Yeah. Yeah, I I, I should hope so. <laughs> yeah, it was honestly I think that Barry Boswick just existing in film is charming, so True. I liked it well enough. Well, did you have anything else about either Barry or Once in a While or Project Metal Beast? Uh no. I 
I am delighted that we're still podcasting and we're still talking about Uncle Barry and we have not this entire time talked about his gigantic cock. <laughs> not, no. not in this episode. Aww. Yeah, I know. Roll the counter back. <laughs> it has been zero days since At least we objectified it's not again. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. Uh, but we already had hit on um, bestiality in this episode, too. So we are real winners. But yes, thank you guys so much for listening. It actually amazes me that so many of you especially during our long hiatus were waiting for us to come back and we sent out our christmas cards which if you signed up for those thank you it was fun for us to write them to all of you it was fun for us to take those photos yes uh so thank you for giving us an excuse to do that are there any callbacks for once in a while by the way not not inherently yeah why would there be the only one that's kind of related to once in a while is when you see janet crying next to the sonic transducer board and she's watching brad smoking a cigarette sitting on the bed next to frank you can go once in a while there was a song here (laughs) yeah and i remember uh talking about that one that is great I, I'm honestly both surprised and not surprised that there are not callbacks for the song itself because, like you said, it's done at conventions, so I would have half expected people to come up with some bullshit. But at the same time, what, I can't think of one single joke you'd make. It is the same shot we've already seen for a long time. Yeah, I... I'm sure that there are people out there that have their different callbacks for it. So if you know any, let us know. Yeah. Leave them in a five-star Apple podcast. Yes. (laughs) Or, you know what? That one you can get to us in any form except for a less than five-star Apple podcast review, I guess. But But I am curious if there's anything. I, I have to think that anything there is would be reaching. But yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, I guess let's wrap this up with now. Now. You don't, you don't have, have to go, go home. But ho, you ho, home. But you can't, you can't stay, stay here. here. So, so get, get the, the fuck, fuck out, out or you're getting a lump of coal. <laughs> No, but seriously, I hear Rocky Horror Minute is great. I swear I'll listen to it 
one of these days. But I'm just so busy. Also, I don't want to.